0: and uh, we're still reflecting on the outcomes of the midterm budget that uh, new finance minister Tito Titumboeni delivered just a few minutes ago. Joining us in studio, Numiso Hadebe, independent economist. And thank you so much for your contributions as well. So these are some of the issues that we are going to be putting to Ndomiso in the next few minutes. Numiso, I'm going to start with a question from Joe and it's actually uh, echoed by another of our listeners. Joe says, has tax not already paid for roads? Why then also toll gates? And Another listener goes on to ask, uh, says, "What stands out for me is Tito announcing e toll payments." Needing to be paid and saying SAA will be bailed out when there's no money. Uh, it's clear Tito's also been captured by Zuma allies. So <laughs> I don't know so much about the second part of it, but let's speak for a moment about e tolls. Mm. Uh, I mean, we, we, we sort of saw a move uh, by David Makura and the Gauteng leadership backing away from that or saying the ANC was going to reconsider that. Mm. Uh, is that not the case anymore?
1: <laughs> well, I think it was one of the interesting developments in his uh, medium term budget policy statement, um, but I think it also speaks to the conditions of the environment that we're currently in, a no-growth environment, a constrained fiscal budget, and it limited the number of policy choices that were available for Minister Tidemboini to, to 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 leverage. And perhaps he might have seen uh, the E-Tolls as another revenue generator for 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 the fiscals. Um, and perhaps uh, that might be one of the reasons for this new development with regards to the ETALs. Um would hope to understand... More around the legislation around e-tolls, because I would recall that there was legislation that was, um, in the process of being promulgated in parliament. Um, that process stopped. And so there's no, there's nothing really that legally binds motorists, um, to the payment of e-tolls. So it'll be interesting the implications that that has on, on legislation in that respect.
0: Uh, Ndemisa, a message from Paulino who says the markets are sending a message that they're disappointed with the budget. It's a sign, I think, that we should prepare for ratings agencies to review their ratings. Do you think it's going to have that effect?
1: I think it it goes without saying that this was expected to be a very difficult budget. Um, I think one of the key numbers that also came out was the revenue shortfall in the medium term. Um, Of course, we know this year because of slight improvements in revenue collection due to the buoyancy of VAT, as it were, or two billion rands up as a consequence so far, um, this year. And so it's from the 50.8 billion rand revenue shortfall that was announced by the former minister, Guy in February. We're now at a 48 billion rand shortfall that we're looking for, that we're looking at it in during the 2019-2020, um, uh, uh, financial calendar. Mm. And when you look at the 2020-21 financial calendar, the, the, revenue shortfall is 24 billion rand. And when you look at 2020 to 2021, it's 33 billion rand. So there's given the, 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 on the expenditure side the needs for 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 public spending and the developmental needs as a consequence the, the the that speaks to the constrained policy choices or fiscal policy choices that were available and as a consequence then uh, it might have not gone down that well I think uh, given the chari- char- charisma that uh, Minnesota Timbouni had we might have expected a certain uh, shift but again it speaks to the point that this budget was um, that the process to put together this budget started in June already so all all of the allocations in terms of financing equitable shares to municipalities and government departments was already done uh, quite a while ago um, and so i think what it does certainly speak to is that in the medium term we are is going to take a, quite um uh, uh active steps to really consolidate in our debt it's going to be quite difficult in the medium term but i think the whole rise in post the medium term is quite promising for south africa
0: I want to ask you about the issue of data costs. From for a moment here, in Dumiso. Um we're hearing from the finance minister in telecommunications the proposed policy for the licensing of high demand spectrum has been gazetted. Frequencies to enable high speed internet will be auctioned early next year. Steps will be taken to reduce data costs and to improve data quality. That sounds like good news.
1: It certainly does, um, and I think it's, it serves as a testament to a World Bank report that was published to say, with every ten percent uh, broadband penetration, there's a consequent. Resultant output of 1.2 percent in uh, GDP output, and so that speaks to the the potential that lies in unlocking growth in the South African economy. You would know that a lot of the broadband spectrum that is available is pre- pre- predominantly in townships, oh, and townships okay. are an area in which can uh, can unlock growth for the South African economy. Where we are right now, given the structure of the South African economy, where we have a limited uh, uh, base of taxpayers, we have uh, people who are largely And young people in particular fall under the NEET rate, which is, uh, the, they are not in employed education or any form of training. Um, and our, The structure of our economy is heavily services-based and is very sophisticated. So you have a skill supply or a labor supply that does not meet the matching of the requirements in industry. And as a consequence of that, you find that you find there are a lot of over 800,000 job openings that are available in in the market at any given day, and you have this large population of particularly young people who are unemployed and predominantly based in townships. And as a consequence of that, by unlocking the broadband spectrum in in, in township areas, you would. opportunities of young people who are more technologically inclined, who are more interested right. in coding, developing services-based um, or online businesses, that will unlock that. Uh, cheaper d- data rates would unlock that kind of economic opportunity, and that would then transition us into what is commonly referred to as the fourth industrial revolution. So the the question of data and the, the, the auctioning of broadband spectrum, uh, I think that that, it w- that process will kickstart by March 2019, is crucial for unlocking further growth in the South African economy.
0: All right, very interesting indeed. Let's bring into the conversation Letlonholo uh, from Soweto, who wants to comment on the issue of governance. I believe Letlonholo.
2: Hi, Joanne. Um, you know this is one of subjects that is very close to my heart. End, so yes. I want to ask that economist as to what his take is in terms of not attending to issues of lawlessness and governance issues so far as state is concerned. Three, the lifestyle audits of our leaders as to how, how how much does it impact in, you know, in giving investors perception that indeed, if I invest my money in South Africa, I'm guaranteed that there is law um, that takes course whenever there are be. Well, I'll tell you something. In the industry that I'm in, lawlessness has got you know huge impact. And we have other businesses in, 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 in other African countries like Rwanda. The first thing that you see when you get to Rwanda is consequences. If you do something wrong, there are consequences. Mm-hmm. And as an investor, I'm, I'm scared to, you know, stretch my hand because I know there is too much lawlessness, wherein I can invest in some bigger projects, and people will just come and destroy it without any consequences. How much of, you know, lawlessness, you know, impact on issues of economic growth?
0: Very, very good question, Mr. and well framed. I mean, we've heard this talk of lifestyle audits for so long now, Dumiso. I don't see any of them actually happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, it's, it's one of the, the, the um, interesting things that we'll have to note in President Cyril Mapoza's, um uh administration. I think he's also stuck in a place where to say, look, I need to impress South Africans enough to say, look, if you give me another five years, I'll be able to turn the ship around. And at the same time, he can't hastily make a number of policy decisions that are abrupt that would lead to policy uncertainty and stability. And so uh, referring to, to 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 the callers issue around governance, uh, Joanne, governance is a bedrock for investment. Uh, President Ramaphosa is on a drive, of course, the Investment Summit, which will commence from tomorrow, is on a drive to, to, to attract $100 billion into the South African economy, which equates to around 1.3 trillion rands. And the governance is important in this regard because we already see with what has been happening in uh, our sister emerging markets in Argentina and in Turkey and the importance of good governance and independence of key institutions that are important in, in the running of the economy. In Turkey, for instance, when the president had alluded or in a sense, what was uh, perceived as um, dictating the monetary policy stance of the central bank, uh, that Led to rampant capital outflows out of emerging markets, which were some of the underlying weaknesses that pinned um, the volatility in, in currency in emerging markets and so when it comes to and Minister Boini alluded to this point um, and requesting politely to say, "Can we please not keep the uh, Governor lisecha preoccupied with <laughs> issues around his mandate and the <laughs> reserve yes. bank? let him focus on ensuring that inflation is kept within the target band of three to six percent and this is important because when you look at inflation, the question of, imp- of inflation then becomes important and the, res- the mandate of the Reserve Bank, because in a context where we have a lot of people who are unemployed, if inflation was to shoot up, it would only increase the poverty levels. It- it's only in a context where you have a growing economy that's where you will have a consequence of inflation shooting up. And so it, it becomes a vertical stance when, yeah. where the Phillips curve is concerned. And so the, the independence of institutions such as the Reserve Bank, the credibility of National Treasury, and, and, and other state-owned enterprises when it, when it comes to their debt capital raising initiatives and the governance there then becomes important in that respect to be able to acquire new financing so that investors can be comforted to say, if I, if I invest my money in this specific sophisticated emerging market, I know that it's safe and I'll be able to get the return that I'm looking for since usually government bonds are referred to as risk-free assets, as it were. Um, but also you also know that the, the investment that you're heading into, particularly where bonds are concerned in, in, in a 10-year sort of duration is a safe investment in which um, you, you'll be allocating your money for. And with the drive that uh, President Ramaphosa Posa is currently has, has initiated, it, it becomes very important to ensure that there is good governance or strengthening good governance in key institutions in the running of the South African economy.
0: I'm just to ask you about this issue of health care as well. I mean, we look at 350 million being put towards deploying more than 2,000 health care officials into public hospitals, another 150 million for beds in linen. Do you see a commitment to turning around what is a chaotic system at this point?
1: The healthcare system in South Africa requires a a fundamental uh, a fundamental reform, um, and 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 that's really and, and so there's a there's a fiscal policy element to the allocation of additional resources to to healthcare in South Africa, but there's also a limitation to say the 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 growth of the public sector wage bill um, limits the because at, at the core phase of service delivery in healthcare and, and and with nurses and so on and so forth that is frontline services and because cause the wage bill in South Africa continues at a rate that exceeds the baseline. It limits the headcount to the number of people that can um, additionally be employed in in, in the healthcare services. And of course healthcare and the functioning of the economy is quite crucial because when you have a labour force that is working, you need to ensure that the public sector or the healthcare sector works efficiently to be able to provide healthcare services to ensure that the labour force that is currently available in South Africa is able to be productive. And that productivity then at the end of the day translates into Economic growth and GDP output I think again the proof will indeed Be in the pudding um, uh, I was hoping to hear something around uh, NHI Specifically with regards to healthcare yes. Where that process yeah. is mm-hmm. um, uh, In previous statements or in previous speeches It was highlighted that um, uh, Pilots are being undertaken I would have loved to hear an update as to how those pilots are going Is this something that is going to be Accommodated in the, fis- in, in the fiscus um, And what that means for people But at the end of the day it then becomes to the execution and the delivery of those services and what measures are being taken to ensure that requisite training is uh, undertaken for, for people who are working in the healthcare services to be able to deliver decent and dignified healthcare services for for, for South Africans. And so uh, I'm a bit um, disappointed that I didn't hear a little more um, around that or the details around how that would work.
0: I'm really up against the clock here, in Dumiso, but one last comment, please, on this restructuring of the electricity sector, uh, this comment that power, uh, power purchase agreements will create six 61,000 jobs, and there's a long-term plan to restructure Eskom.
1: Indeed, I think this is quite a contentious issue, both from the on the political side, but also from the labour movement side. So it was announced that with the investment that has been invested in renewable energy projects (IPPs), 56 billion rand has been invested, with the prospect of creating 61,000 jobs, um, and there is a equity dividend for communities in which these IPPs will be located um, to the amount sum of 29.3 billion rands. So it, it sounds quite quite promising, but again, in our case, the the, the issue that becomes the execution of the specific uh, policy right. but secondly uh, I'm not too sure whether the the reservations that we had there were random numbers that were thrown around to say that the investment or the the financing that is required for the implementation of these IPPs is more exaggerated than is cu- that is currently articulated so that we'll find out during the course of time but of course in this specific uh, context the press guys who are going to uh, streamline all major national uh, infrastructure projects to ensure that they're able to achieve the developmental impact that they have, that the timeframes in which they've been allocated, or project management uh, timeframes that have been allocated are dear to, but also to ensure that the beneficiation takes place to the people who should be benefiting from them, but lastly, uh, cracking down on corruption, uh, corrupt activities in in such projects. So that would be interesting as to how that technical committee manages such a project as IPPs and renewable energy. But indeed, that it is important, as we know, that ESCOM continues to request new tariffs um, that will be in effect in April next year, again the consumer then becomes constrained. So the the role of the of a state-owned enterprise is to really ensure that the pricing that it offers is is, is competitive for South African consumers, as opposed to perhaps a, a private company. But if a state-owned enterprise is not is failing in being able to do so, then sort of a mixed sort of modelling approach towards the reconfiguring of these state-owned enterprises becomes a consideration.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, brilliant insights into all of those uh, angles that arose in the mid- mid-term budget today. It was delivered by Titum our new finance minister. Thank you for your time on the programme this Thanks, evening, Ndumiso Khadebe, Independent Economist.